0: There's something about children singing up front where everything feels right with the world. They're perfect, and then they end up like us. There's something about Christmas all the celebrations, all the festivities, all the beautiful colors, when everything seems so right, it hurts. You see, none of our lives are all perfect. And there's something about Christmas that kind of pulls that out and reminds us things aren't the way they're supposed to be. Christmas stories really have a way of doing that where everything is terrible, everything is off, and then one person with one unselfish act sets everything straight and then there's this beautiful resolution and everything is perfect with the world again but unfortunately life doesn't work that way there's something about christmas that reminds us of our losses of our pains as we watch the celebrations around us we feel something different And we realize things aren't the way they're supposed to be. Maybe it's someone you loved who won't be celebrating with you this year. Maybe it's that facade that you put on social media that seems like everything is going well is crumbling right before your very eyes. But here's the thing about stories. These short little vignettes where everything seems perfect, they're not the whole story. Year after year, we tell the Christmas story. This year, we're going to put it in context. We're going to tell the whole story this year. And to understand the Christmas story, you have to start right at the beginning when everything was perfect. At creation, God looked at everything he had made, and it was perfect. It's hard to even wrap our minds around that, isn't it? There's no death. There's no suffering. There's no disease, no hurt. Everything is perfect. Oh. And in the middle of that perfection, he put one tree, just one tree. And he said, stay away from that one tree. Now, I googled to kind of estimate how many trees are there in the world. One website estimates there are about 4 trillion, with a T, trees in the world. Another said 300 billion. So what we can learn from Google is no one has any idea. But there are a lot of trees. And I imagine there were that many trees then, and with billions or even trillions of trees, God just said, stay away from one that seemed doable. And yet we know how the story goes. Adam and Eve both eat from the tree. And then everything changes. It was like pulling on that string. You know what I'm talking about. When you pull on the string, just trying to get rid of that loose string, and all of a sudden everything unravels. That's what happened. Because in that moment, everything changed absolutely everything, that perfection was gone. Growing up, my parents had us wash the dishes. I had two older brothers and a younger sister. And believe it or not, we fought. (laughs) And sometimes that fighting would spill over into dishwashing. And by sometimes, I mean pretty much every night. Dishes were broken. Then my parents got Corel dishes. The unbreakable dishes. Not all of Second Service might know about those. They came out in the 1970s, but First Service knew them well. (laughs) Corel dishes, they were unbreakable Until they weren't. You see, corral dishes, you could drop, you could knock against things, and they would come through unscathed. They would last for years and decades until they broke. But when they broke, they did it right. They didn't break into three or four pieces. They exploded into shards of glass everywhere. When Adam and Eve took a bite from that fruit, It didn't just break, it corral broke. Everything was undone and there was no putting it back together again. There was no undoing it. You see, when God approached them, Adam blamed God and he blamed Eve. Eve blamed God and she blamed nature. Every single relationship was torn apart instantly by sin. And we know that to this day, every single relationship is torn apart by sin. We don't have any relationships that haven't been marred by the scarves of sin. Every single relationship has been messed up. Perfection was gone in an instant. We had somehow got ourselves into a problem that we could not fix every time we see a crisis we're presented with a choice we can either own it or abandon it we can either take that on as our crisis also or we can look the other way we saw this in the parable of the Good Samaritan two walked by And abandon it. But the Samaritan, he stopped and he said, Okay, this is my problem too. There in the Garden of Eden, even though it was their problem, both Adam and Eve abandoned it. They both pretended it was someone else's problem. But Jesus, Jesus right from the very beginning owned it. Genesis 3.15, where Jesus gives us that beautiful promise that says, One day, sin will be destroyed. He owned it. He said, this might have been your mistake, but I'll be the solution. And then, Jesus was born as a baby. The God of the universe, born as a baby Emmanuel God with us that name changes everything God with us when he chose to be born he completely and totally owned our problem he became part of humanity forever. He is with us. No matter how bad things get, the God of the universe is right there in the thick of it with us because He is Emmanuel. None of us got to choose our families. We can choose all kinds of things, but choosing your family isn't an option. If you're like me, you thought about it. Especially when I got to high school age, there were moments where I wished I could have chosen my family. I realized that many of us were embarrassed by our parents. But few parents relished in it the way my father did. I remember once we ran out of gas on our way to school on a busy, busy street, the busiest street in the city. We ran out of gas. And in four lanes of traffic, me and my brothers had to push our old Volkswagen through the traffic to the nearest gas station. Wearing school uniforms, just to make it clear who we were. I thought about a different family that day. But nothing made me think about it quite as much. Well, I should tell you, genetically we get all kinds of things from our parents. And one thing I got from my father was his voice we sound remarkably alike to the point where my mother has gotten us confused on the phone. My father used this against me. You see, when girls would call me in high school, this was before cell phones, we all had one phone. My father would answer and express feelings that I did not have. We cannot choose our families. <laughs> and yet Jesus, the one person in all of history, chose his family. And he didn't just choose Joseph and Mary, he chose us. He chose to be a part of our family. He chose to be a part of your family. You see, there in the garden, we had severed all relationships We had severed relationships with nature. We had severed relationships with each other. We had severed relationships with God. And God said no more. When he was born there in the manger, he created a new relationship that cannot be severed. He became part of our family. The journey to the cross began in the manger. As incredible as the cross is, the fact that the God of the universe would willingly become one of us is even crazier. Because as soon as he became born a human, death was how it ended. God saw that we had created a problem we could not fix. A problem we could not get out of. And so he entered into it. There's something about children singing that song. If I could summarize the theology of children's ministry, it would be right there. Can you imagine... What a day that will be when every single wrong will be made right. in a twinkling of an eye at the sound of the last trumpet. Everything, every single hurt and pain, God is somehow going to make it right. I don't know how, but what a day that will be. we think about the new heaven and the new earth, there in Revelation 21, there's a whole list of no mores. There'll be no more death. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of death. There'll be no more sickness. There'll be no more pain. There'll be no more tears. But there's one no more that we don't often talk about there. Because it also tells us there will be no more sea. We don't bring that one up as much because, well, some of us like the beach. And so we've had different people look at this and try to come up with, well, you know, in Revelation, C is often referring to many peoples and often, I mean, you had the beast come out of the sea and that sea But you see, it's hard to make it figurative when we take the new heavens and the new earth very literally. We don't want those to be figurative. But it tells us there will be no more sea. You see, John wrote this from the island of Patmos. He had been separated from everyone he loved. He'd lost everyone, and there he was, a prisoner on an island. And so I can't imagine how his heart saying as he penned those words, there will be no more sea. In this community, we too are tired of sea. Some of us have people we love on the other side of the world We don't get to spend Christmas with them. There will be no more sea. But some of us have lost those we love. And the promise of no more sea is a promise that there will be no more separation. There will be no more goodbyes. What a day that will be. I was born in Florida. Don't hold that against me. I'm here now. <laughs> but I was born in Florida, then my parents moved to Ohio, then North Carolina, then Tennessee, then Indonesia, then Australia, then back to Tennessee, and then to Georgia. And then I got to college, and I went to, it was in Tennessee, and then California, and then Michigan. I got used to goodbyes. Over and over and over again, we would move saying goodbye to all of our friends and starting over. And in a community like this, we're also used to goodbyes. I feel like every time you make a good friend, they move away from here over and over again. Not to mention a church like Pioneer. Problem with a church this size, it's easy for people to come and go without anyone noticing. People stop attending. And no one says anything. But one day, one day, there will be no more separation. There will be no more goodbyes. You see, we weren't created to say goodbye. We've got all kinds of ways of healing from broken bones to cuts to scrapes. But broken relationships, relationships ending, we don't heal from that. Oh, we learn to deal with it. That's not the same. But one day, one day there will be no more goodbyes. Every relationship was torn apart there at the fall. And one day, God is going to make that right. So this Christmas, I don't know what kinds of things are on your wish list. Honestly, I don't care. But I want you this year. What are the relationships that need to be on that list? Maybe your relationship with God isn't where it should be. And that's a relationship that needs some repairing. Maybe there's someone in your family who's hurt you. Or you've hurt them. And that relationship needs some repairing. Maybe it's a coworker who... For some reason, maybe you don't agree with them theologically or politically. And so that relationship has been torn apart and maybe it needs some repair. Maybe it's a classmate, maybe it's a neighbor, maybe it's a friend. We all have relationships that we need to repair. Because let's face it, if we're preparing for a time of no more goodbyes, we've got to stop doing it now. But not only that, but we need to take care of those around us as well. I'm going to speak from the heart for a moment here. There are those in this community who don't have all of the advantages that we have. And I don't know about you, but I do not believe that Christian Adventist education should be something just for some of us. It's not right. It's not right that there are some people who cannot afford to send their kids to Adventist school. It's not right. And when you have people who travel across the world because they believe so strongly in Adventist education that they come here to Andrews University and then they cannot send their kids to an Adventist school. <laughs> it is not right. It's time that we own this problem. We've abandoned it long enough. Our old systems aren't working But we need to be able to say to every single kid who wants to go to an Adventist school, we will find a way. It's not that we don't have money. We do. It's time that we own this problem. We're going to take up the offering now. And we're going to take up a little more offering than usual. Usually we try to squeeze two offerings together. We're going to squeeze four together this time. (laughs) We've got, of course, our annual celebration where we collect toys for those in the community who don't have them. And so those unwrapped gifts that you've brought, we're going to have adventures moving through the church and bringing those forward. We're also going to take up our regular tithes and offerings as well as those dollar bills for Christian education. But if we're really going to fix this problem, we've got to do more than that. There are some of you who God has blessed, and you're able to do more. I'm going to ask you, would you be willing to sponsor a child to Ruth Murdoch or Andrews Academy? At Ruth Murdoch, it costs about $5,000 a year. But here's the good news. If they're a member of Pioneer, Pioneer pays a 1000 And the school works out with the conference another 1000 That's $3,000 a year. We can do that. And I am tired of sitting down with families who look at me and say, I would love for our kids to go to Adventist school. We have families where they send one of their children to the Adventist school because that's all they can afford. It's not right. And so if you would be willing to sponsor a child... You can text the word sponsor to 269-281-2345. But I'm going to make it even easier than that. You pull out one of those tithe envelopes. Put your contact information there and just write the word sponsor there. We'll get a hold of you. And this doesn't just have to happen today. Because we've got to do better. We've got to make Adventist education something that everyone has equal opportunity to. And I know that you believe this because that's why we're here at Andrews University. Because we believe in Adventist education. So will you help me? ask the deacons to stand. Dearest Heavenly Father, I pray that you will bless these offerings. God, you have given us so much. And so, God, we give it back to you, asking you to do even more with it than we could imagine. I pray that you'll bless these toys, that you'll bless the money, and that you'll bless the sponsors. Even so, come soon, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen.